for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. Well, all right. I had three cups of spiritual coffee this morning. I'm feeling good. How about you guys? Yeah. Amen. That stuff is better than the real stuff, and there's no side effects. Only it is addicting. Amen? All right, it is Sunday, January 11th. And sadly, many people all around the world have already broken every resolution they decided to make for January. Those that haven't already broken them, never started them, which is probably safe to say are not going to get to them this year. Because how many of you know January is the time to start things new? And if you miss it, you just wait till next year. It's easier. It's easier in your head to justify, well, you know, you know what, 2010, that's going to be my year. That's going to be that's gonna be the year I get skinny or heavy or muscular or whatever. So it is it's January 11th. Many people have already given that up or haven't even really started. But for many, however, this is week Two of one of the hardest commitments. Yeah, give yourself a hand. Come on. One of the hardest commitments and challenges that many of us would ever take on. It's week two of a corporate three-week fast. Doesn't that sound good? Week two of a three-week fast? Doesn't that make it really sound? Yeah, come on. It's week two. You've done something. And let me just say how proud I am of all of you that have just done this thing. How, how proud I am of all of you that you've been on the message boards, you've been encouraging one another, you've been calling and emailing and just encouraging. Listen, we could eat this. You know, you could do this. You know, if you do this with this, it's okay. You know, if you eat this and eat. And, and you know, among you, there's a lot of still some fasting police that like to stop. No, you can't do that. That's not fasting. But we're having a good time. Amen? And so we're learning... We're doing a lot of things, and, and I just want to tell you how proud I am of you. By now, most of you have endured the headaches, the stomach cramps, the bathroom, the gas, the cold, the flu symptoms, all those things that, start, that happen when your body starts detoxing from the caffeine, the sugars, all the stuff that we go through. So by now, we are kind of past that. Amen? <clears throat> things are much better, right? By now you have endured one or more of the following. You have either you have went, gone to at least three or been invited to at least three office meetings where they have gigantic spreads of everything that you cannot eat. You've turned down lunch invitations that you were dying to take. You've prepared food for people in your families that you could not eat. In your desperation, you've tried vegetables you swore you'd never touch. You've heard your stomach make noises at night that you've never, ever, ever heard before. You've opened the cookies and cake in your house just to smell them. (laughs) 
You have been called cranky more than once. You've been called nasty more than once. Someone has probably even told you, if you're going to be this nasty, just eat. You haven't spoken to your husband, wife, mother, kids since day two. You've tried to convince yourself that red meat and chicken are nasty anyway. You've complained that for this much suffering you should have lost more weight. You've pretended to be feeling great and strong just to seem more spiritual. You've quit 45 times but have felt so guilty you started right back up. You've heard of some other people that quit and secretly judged them for it. You've heard of some people that never started and secretly judged them for it. Basically, you have seen some ugly come out of you. Can we say amen? And guess what? That is one byproduct of fasting. And the title of this message, Get Your Ugly Out. Amen? Turn to somebody and say, Let your ugly out. Because fasting will do that. Fasting will do it physically. Amen? Right? Nobody wants to cut, but yeah. Yeah. It'll do it physically. It'll do it emotionally. It'll do it mentally. Fasting will let your ugly out. So let me remind you why we're doing this Daniel fast for 21 days. Summed up from last week and some new ones this week. Number one, because we're training and passing on a living and courageous faith to the next generation. Because we want more understanding from God. Because we want to be closer to God. Because we want wisdom. Because we want clarity. Because we need vision. Because we need purpose. Because we need discernment. We need to know who God is speaking to and and, and through whom. Amen? And we'll add this one today because fasting will get our ugly out. See, the closer that you get to God, the more we press in. The more we read and the more we understand and the more, the more we study, the more we see and realize how much ugly we still got. Isn't that right? See, from a distance, it's easy. From a distance, if you're just a Sunday Christian, if you're just a Sunday kind of church-going guy, hey, you know, you come Sunday, all right, sometimes somebody will make you cry, sometimes something will hurt you a little bit, sometimes something will offend you a little bit, but you could just leave and go to another church. Or you could just leave and not come back. But see, the closer you get to God, the closer you get, the more His image or your image reflects in His image, and the more you start to see how, how much ugly you still got. Right? How many of you before the fast thought you were really solid Christians? No? Just, just your pastor. The closer we get, the more ugly we realize we have. Now, don't get me wrong. Some of you have it all going on, right? You got it all going on, and you know it, and you've been told, and you walk like it on the outside. Right? And, and I mean, can I talk to you today about this? Is it all right? Can, can I just be honest and be real with you? 
Some of us, you know, we think we got a soul. We so fly. We got, everybody just wants to be around us. Everybody likes us. And, and we think that because everybody wants to be around us, because everybody likes, to, likes us, that God should be, feel the same way about us. Just me and Lori. <laughs> right? We think, man, everybody, so, so how come God doesn't feel that way? How come? And, and it's because, and then, so you want to get closer to God. It's almost like a challenge, like a dare. And so the closer you get, the more ugly, you know, you, you, you start to see. When you start sacrificing, when you start going without something that you really want, that will stir up the ugly that lies deep inside. Amen? But listen, you will never understand God's grace until you've come to terms with your ugly. Come on, that was worth the price of admission right there. You will, not that we charge anybody that's listening on the internet, we don't charge to come to church. But you will never start to understand God's grace until you've come to terms with your ugly. Jesus said in Matthew 15, 11, it's not what goes into the mouth, but what comes out that makes a man unclean. Come on. That is Matthew 15, 11. All the fasting police, write that down. It is not what goes into your mouth, but what comes out of it that makes a man unclean. Listen to this. Write this down. A fast limit what, limits what goes in so that we could work on what comes out. Hey Amen. I got one wow at least. I wow when I wrote it. I said, wow. That's, that's heavy. A fast limits what goes in so that we can work on what comes out. That's heavy-duty stuff right there. Why are we doing this fast? Because it is always better to humble yourself than to have God humble you. Wow. I'll amen to that for a half hour. It is always better to humble yourself than to have God humble you. You. We're going to go into, let's go into the book of Daniel. We're going to find some things there that, wow, that just bring that, that quote to life. In the book of Daniel, chapter 3, you know there's a king in the land. He's King Nebuchadnezzar. And in, in chapter 3, he makes an image of gold that is 90 feet tall. Somebody say that's a big statue. That's a big image. 90 feet tall, made of gold. And he, he makes this image and he calls all the leaders, all the officials, and he declares publicly that when they hear the band playing, when they hear the symphony of worship, of, of, of the orchestra of musicians, and, and when they hear that, everyone is to bow down to this idol. And if you remember in, in chapter 2, now think about this. In chapter 2, Daniel had interpreted one of this king's dreams, right? We talked about it last week. The king had a dream. Nobody could interpret it. Daniel interpreted it. And, and in doing that, Daniel, he, he, the king declared to everyone that, man, Daniel's God is God. And he declared, he came to a realization. He said, Daniel's God is the God of gods. He is the Lord of kings. Those are his words. And he declared it publicly. He told everyone. But by now, he makes, but now he makes this huge image and he forces everyone to bow down to it or to be thrown in the fiery furnace. Somebody say, that's some hardcore legalism, isn't it? Right? Worship what I tell you to worship or burn to death. Wouldn't that make a lot of converts on the corner? 
on the, on the subway with some tracks, right? Worship what I tell you. When you hear the music, you bow down and worship this thing, or you will be thrown in the fiery furnace. And now, I've already shared on that, on the fiery furnace, and about three boys being thrown in there. And so I'm not going to go into it, but for any of you that might not know, Daniel's three friends, they refused to bow down. They were men of God. And they refused to bow down. And when they were questioned about it, they said, King, you know, I'm not going to bow down. You could throw me in or you could whatever you do. Even if you do throw me in, my God will set. And even if my God doesn't rescue me, I'm still not going to bow down. I mean, no, that's a one-fiver right there. That's a man of God, right? So, so those, you know those three men, they were thrown into the, they were tied up, the word says, hands and feet. They were bound, hands and feet, and thrown into the fiery furnace. And, and if, if you remember, it says that it seems that all, all the fire did was to burn off the ropes that, that tied them down. Because the king then says, in, in, the, in, the, in the verse, the king says, wait, didn't we tie these guys up? And then he, he said, and weren't there three? Now there's four of them, and they're walking around, and one in there seems like the Son of God. Let's take something from that for us today. When God allows us to go through the fire, and He does, tell somebody He does. Tell somebody, I know it. When God allows us to go through the fire, three things. Number one, it's only for a while. Number two, no matter how hot it gets, He's going to be right there with you. And number three, it's only to burn off those things that hold you bound. <laughs> wow. Wow. That was a revelation for me. And if, if you really just let that sit in your heart and you say, man, every, that's true. Everything that God's put me through, some things that I went through that was so hard that it felt like, God, I'm all alone, that it felt like, God, why would you let me go through this? God, why would you put me in this? But then if you think about it now, man, when I walked out of that thing, I was, I was free. When I walked out of that thing, so God allowed us to go through the fire only to burn what controls us. Only to burn off what harms us. The beautiful part about that verse, it says when the king called them out, it said they didn't even smell like smoke. It says their clothes weren't singed, their hair, nothing. It, they didn't even smell like smoke. The only reason God put them in the fire was to burn off the things that held them. Same, somebody say amen. amen. Woo, thank God for the fire. So the king called them out of the fire. He, they didn't even smell like smoke. The king issued a decree right after that, that anyone that speak against this God, the God of Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach, and anyone that speaks against this God, listen to what he said, should be cut into pieces and their house made a dunghill. Because no other God can deliver like this. That's what the king said. He said, anybody that speaks against this God, may they be cut into pieces. Somebody said, that's a little sick, Right? cut into pieces and their house be made a dunghill. I don't know how you make a house a dunghill, but I don't even want to. I'm not interested. You could do the study if you want and find out how they do that, but it's nasty, right? But later on, this king has another dream. And again, he calls in for the wise men, the magicians, the fortune tellers, the brujos, and no one could interpret this dream. So he has the dream, Daniel answers the dream. He praises God. 
he, he sets up an image that that doesn't work, and God delivers the three boys in the fire. He praises God. But now he has another dream, and he calls in all the brujos again. See, now, now that the man has another dream, he goes back to his old ways, his old sources. you got to kind of catch that. God has just shown this man that he gives dreams, that he sends interpretations. God has already proven himself to this man, not just in chapter 2, but in chapter 3. And with the big statue and the fire, he said, even then he said, only God's, Daniel's God can deliver like this. But here it is, it's only chapter 4, and he has another dream again. And again he goes back to his old sources. He says God is good. He sets out degrees and t- decrees to everybody that God is good. He makes it known to others that only God can deliver. But he's seen it with his own eyes. But when he's faced with the same situation, he goes back to his old ways. Does that sound like anybody? Why are we fasting for 21 days? Because it takes 21 days to form a habit. Wow. It takes 21 days to form a habit. Is God interested in your coffee habit or your, or, your, or your red meat habit or your chicken habit? No. What's the habit that God is trying to form in us these 21 days? The habit of depending on Him. The habit of prayer. The habit of reading. The habit of, of being faithful. The habit of encouraging. The habit of, of making God our source instead of chicken. Amen? It takes 21 days to form a habit. That's why. Amen. Woo! God wants to get it into our hearts that He is the source. That He is our deliverer. That He is our help in time of trouble. That He is our rock and our refuge. That He's our shield and our stronghold. That He's our glory and the lifter of our head. How many of you have seen that in this last week? That God has lifted your head, right? Have you physically, I mean, really seen it? You, you, you read it. Go to our blog and just read it. And, and you read some people's blogs in the beginning. I hate this. I hate you. You know, I hate George. I hate all of you. Why are you making me do this? I mean, ah, ah. And then you start to see a change. I don't feel anything. God hates me. God still don't have my attention. And then you start to see a change. Wait, God, God is talking to me. God is meeting me. Wait, I feel His presence in my house. Wait, I feel His presence in the car. Wait, I feel His presence at work. Wait, God is speaking to me. Wait, God is showing me things. Wait, you just read, you see it in the transformation. It's an incredible thing. Amen? Wow. Look back in the chapters of your life. There was a chapter where you needed answers and God showed up. If that's not true, you wouldn't be here. Right? You're not here for anything else. If that's not true, you probably are not here. Unless you're really, really, really a nice person and you just, you know, want to be nice and you want to... And none of us are that nice. Amen? (laughs) We realize after week one of a fast, we're not that nice. So we're here because, because we needed God at one point, or we talked to God at one point, and He showed up at one point. And so we have that, that, that experience, and so we're coming back. We're here again because we, we realize, God, You are the lifter of our head. Amen? But the problem for many of us is with every new chapter, we revert back to our old ways. We go back. 
right? We know, like we know, I, I've seen some of you just cry and worship and, and, and put Baba all over the altar and just, you know, and, and, and just be changed and be changed and it's unbelievable. But then I, I, you know, I start to notice it's harder as things get bigger, but I start, man, where's this guy? Man, where's, where's that couple? Oh, they're struggling because they went, I'm like, wow. But because with every new chapter, we go back to our old ways. And it's like we got to start again. And then we're like baby Christians again. Like, should I go to church? I don't know if I want to go to church. Should I go to church? Yeah, let's go to church this week. And then you go to church this week and you, you're real distant from everybody. You don't want to talk to nobody. You don't, you're not, I'm not a part of this thing. I'm just here, you know, because of whatever. And then, you know, it has to start all over again. God has to woo you again and say, come on, sweetheart, I love you. Come on. Come on, Papito. Come on, come, come to the front, Papito. I love you. Come on. Right? And it's again, you're like, no, no, no. You're not talking to me, God. God ain't talking to me. Yo, man, what's up, what's up, what's up? And you try to distract yourself. You put in a walkman, whatever. You're sitting in church, but you're still trying to fight this thing, right? And then, and you know, before you leave, unless you was really, really hard-hearted already, you broke again. And you're at the front again, babiando all over people and, 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 and messing up everybody's shirt up here that's trying to pray for you. That ain't right. Right? Like, it has to happen again and again and again because we go back to our old ways. Can you imagine if we look at it as school and we say, okay, this was kindergarten and, and tomorrow's first grade and next week is second grade. And you never, who wants to go back to second grade and third grade? How many of you want to do high school again? God forbid. Amen. I mean, I mean you, once, you, once you pass those things, you don't want to go back. But in the spirit, we do it all the time. In the spirit, we do it all the time. We got 50-year-olds with baby bottles in the back. Just sipping on God's Word. You know enough of God's Word to be here teaching it. Right? Come on. You know enough to be teaching it, but you're just back there still, oh, I don't want to give him up, I don't want to come in, I don't want to do it. We go back to putting our trust in a man. We go back to putting our trust in a woman. We go back to putting our trust in a relationship, in a church, in a leader, in a boss, in a company, in a friend, in a habit, in a lifestyle. Amen? We just go back and, and we go back to those old ways. We're fasting so that we can humble ourselves and decide that if God was God in chapter 2, God was God in chapter 3, and God's going to be God in chapter 4, and so there's no reason to doubt Him for your entire story. Would you tell somebody, I'm trusting God with my whole story. Come on, I'm trusting Him with my whole story. Man, forget this chapter stuff. I know, I read the book, I know what happens at the end, I win. Amen? I win. We win. We're victorious at the end. God, Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. But have no fear. I have overcome the world. I've overcome this thing. So whatever you're going through today, whatever you're struggling with today, whatever chapter you stand in today, skip to the end. Cheat like you did in high school. Cheat. Read the end. Don't read all the filler. Read the end and find out what happens. Read the Gospels. Find out what happens. You win. You're victorious. If you just stay firm. If you stay focused. If you stay relying on God. If you stay trusting on God. If you stop trying shortcuts to get to God. Amen? There, there are no cliff notes for God. I'm talking to my high school students. 
you, you guys know. There are no monarch notes or cliff notes. There's no little speedy condensed version to get to God. Yeah, they sell one-minute Bibles and, and two-minute Bibles and all that, and that's great. If that's you, amen. If you throw in that minute every day, you're doing most than, more than most people are. Amen? Except those one-fivers that are fasting. Because we don't play that. We're reading. Amen? We're studying. We're listening to sermons, man. We're worshiping. We're listening to God in weird places. Amen? All right. So what happens next? Well, God is, is speaking to this man. The dream that he had, the king, right? The dream that he had, Daniel interprets for him. Because, of course, none of the other brujos, the fortune tellers, nobody else could do it. So Daniel comes and Daniel interprets it for him. And the dream is about this huge tree that's in the middle of this thing and it goes to the ends of the earth. It's this huge monster tree. And the tree gets cut down, but the stump is left and protected, you read, in Daniel chapter 4. And then it tells him, Daniel tells him in chapter 4, verse 25, he says, You will be driven away from human company. This is weird. Check this out. You will be driven. This is what the dream means, and he's telling him. You are going to be driven away from human company. You're going to live like the wild animals. You're going to graze on grass like an ox. You're going to be soaked in heaven's dew. This will go on for seven seasons. And you will learn that it is the high God that rules over human kingdoms. And that He alone arranges all kingdom affairs. Verse 26. The part of the tree, stump, and the roots being left means that your kingdom will still be there for you. After you learn. Wow. How many things can we tell you and then I can tell you and then put in there? After you learn. Because we got a lot of learning to do. Amen? So he says, after you learn that kingdom is going to be there. After you learn that it is heaven that runs things. So king, take my advice, he says. Make a clean break with your sins and start living for others. Quit your wicked life and look after the needs of the down and out. Then you will continue to have a good life. Now this king thinks he's having the best life. He's like, man, this, what's better than, who's better than me? That's the king's attitude. Who is better than me? I am the king of Babylon. Look at this place. This place is amazing. Anything I ask, I get. Anything I want, it happens. Anything that I want for anybody to do, I pay them to do it. I mean, it, who, it don't get better than this. Daniel's telling them, watch it. It's better that you humble yourself before God humbles you. It's a lot easier to humble yourself than to have God humble you. And he's watching it. He says, listen, relax. Slow down. Preparate. Take it easy. You turn. You start taking care of people. Start looking out for other people. Stop focusing on yourself. That's, that's the word of God is saying. Stop focusing on yourself. Start looking at other people and then you'll continue to live a good life. Isaiah 58 is the chapter on fasting. And I want to just cut to that real quick and we'll come right back to the story so you find out what happens. But Isaiah 58 says this. I'm going to read it through for you real quick, a piece of it. Listen to what it says. He says, this is God talking and, you know, the prophet and all that. Listen, he says, they're busy, busy talking about us. They're busy, busy, busy at worship. They love studying all about me. To all appearances, they're a nation of right living people. They're law-abiding, God-honoring. They ask me what's the right thing to do, and they love having me on their side. But they also complain. 
Why do we fast and don't look and you don't look our way? Why do we humble ourselves and you don't even notice? Well, here's why. The bottom line on, on your fast days is profit. You drive your employees too hard. You fast, but at the same time you bicker and fight. You fast, but you swing a mean fist. That kind of fasting won't get your prayers off the ground. Do you think this is the kind of fast I'm after? A day to show off humility? To put on a pious long face and parade around solemnly in black? Do you call that fasting a fast day that I, God, would like? This is the kind of fast day I'm after. To break the chains of injustice. To get rid of exploitation in the workplace. To free the oppressed. To cancel debt. Somebody say amen. What I'm interested in seeing you do is sharing your food with the hungry, inviting the homeless poor into your homes, putting clothes on the shivering ill-clad, being available to your own family. Do this and the lights will turn on and your lives will turn around at once. Your righteousness will give your way. The God of glory will secure your passage. Then when you pray, God will answer. You'll call out for help and I'll say, here I am. If you get rid of unfair practices, if you quit blaming victims, if you quit gossiping about other people's sins, if you're generous with the hungry, if you start giving yourselves to the down and out, your lives will begin to glow in the darkness. Your shadowed lives will be bathed in sunlight. Somebody needs to hear this. I will always show you where to go. I'll give you a full life in the emptiest of places firm muscles, strong bones. You will be like a well-watered garden, a gurgling spring that never turns dry. You'll use the old rubble of past lives to build anew, to rebuild the foundations from out of your past. You'll be known as those who can fix anything. Restorer of broken walls. Rebuild and renovate. Make the community livable again. Somebody say amen. That's the kind of fast God's after. And so Daniel's telling them, if you, if you stop, stop, make a clean break and start, stop living the way that you're living. But look what happens 12 months later. We see the king, he's at the royal balcony. And he looks out over the royal balcony and he says, look at this kingdom. King Babylon that I've built with my own hands. I mean, can you see this guy like real proud and just arrogant? up on his, at, his, at his balcony just looking over Babylon. And he says, what an awesome place Babylon is. It is a royal palace adequate to display my honor and glory. Somebody say, that guy's full of himself, right? That dude is conceited. He is souped up to the, to the next level. He says, look at this. This is to display my honor and my glory. But look what the Word says. And listen, you take a moment there to realize and appreciate that God is slow to anger. This is 12 months later. God gave him a full year. How many times? How long has God spoken to you and given you time to work it out? How, how many times has God come to us and, say, and, and tell you to work on certain things? Or tell you to, to move certain relationships? Tell you to separate from certain people? Tell you to do certain things? How long? How long, church? This is 12 months later, but the guy is proud as ever, hasn't learned the lesson at all, hasn't heard. Can you imagine God giving you dreams and interpreting them and just blowing your, your, like, your life away? Like, wow, man, God, you, you speak to me in this dream and then 
and I see it come to pass and all these things happen, but still you're hard-hearted. You still think you're the man. But listen to what happens when you think you're the man. It says, no sooner than these words came out of his mouth, verse 33, it happened at once. Nebuchadnezzar was driven out of human company. He ate grass like an ox. He was soaked in heaven's dew. His hair grew like feathers of an eagle and his nails like the claws of a hawk. Is that the weirdest passage you ever read? He was transformed into an animal. Like it's, It says, I mean, like he crawled on, you know, he... It says he ate grass like an ox. That means like he, tra- he was transfigured. He was transformed. He grew hair in weird places. For some of you, that might not be so strange. But, but he was transformed. And, and he grew nails like a hawk. And, and he ate like an animal. <clears throat> I want you to see that transformation and think about that because I've known people, and you have too, that have hardened their hearts to God for so long, right? That they've totally changed. That they look different. That they, you, you look at, the, I've, I've seen people, man, throughout my years of ministry, I've seen people just turn away from God. And people that God has given favor to, that God has given blessings to, that God has gifts in them, that, you know, to, to be used in ministry, to be used. And, and these people keep refusing God and refusing God and pushing God away until they look transformed. You see them again and you're like, that's, wow. Right? The Spanish people say, Aca, wow. He's finished. He looks finished. Right? He looks like busted. He looks hot. Wow, you see that guy? It's like a transformation. But look what happens. It says in verse 34, this is awesome. At the end of that time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, I raised my eyes toward heaven. Somebody say it's never too late. It is never too late. At the end of the season, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes toward heaven. My sanity was restored. And then I praised the Most High. I honored and glorified Him who lives forever and ever. 36, at the same time that my sanity was restored, my honor and splendor were returned to me for the glory of my kingdom. My advisors and nobles, they sought me out, and I was restored to my throne, and I became even greater than before. How do you, when you think you're all that, and God says, I can make you more than that? Listen, some of you think you're all that. And God says, I can make you more than that. And that's all you came here to hear today. Some of you think you're all that. Turn around like it's the person next to you because you know it's not you. Some of you think you're all that. God says, I can make you more than that. He says, He restored them to, 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 and His kingdom was even greater. He says, now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the King of Heaven because everything He does is right and all His ways are just and those who walk in pride He is able to humble. God is able to humble. Don't look at anybody. God is able to humble you. Better that we humble ourselves than to have God humble us. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be that was seven seasons. That was seven years. I don't want to live like an animal for seven years. Some of us have lived like animals long enough. Amen? 
We live like animals long enough. And, and we have a whole world system to blame for it, right? The school system says we came from animals. It's evolution. We evolved from monkeys. And so when we act like animals, we think we're good. When we act like animals, it's all good, right? When we just, just go into heat and just grab anything and move on anything that, that, that happens, it's because we're in heat. It's because we're an animal. The animals does that. That's cool. I came from an animal, right? But no, I was created in the image and glory of God. And so when we start to understand we weren't created from animals, God created us, God designed us in His image, then I'm not to be in heat and jump around on everything. Amen? Amen. Come on, can we just keep it real? I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't designed to do that. Yeah, you might be fly enough to do that. Yeah, you might get enough people biting on that hook. And you reel them in and that's what you do for a living. But you weren't designed to do that. You're just acting like an animal that the school system tells you you came from. Amen? Seven years this king literally lived like an animal to tear his pride down and to get him to understand that God could do anything and that God is in charge of everything. How long will it take for you? How long will we continue to push forward on our own strength? How long will we refuse to depend on God and put our full trust on God? How long will it take for us to admit that we are not in charge? Why are we doing this Daniel fast for 21 days? Because we're submitting to the one who is in charge. We're going without some things because, and, and some things that we like and some things that we joy in order that we would show him that he's more important to us than everything that we're missing. Amen? Amen. Give yourselves a hand. Amen. Write this down. If God does nothing in our lives by the end of this fast, just by getting there, He's already done a work in you. Some of you need to hear that because you're fasting for a car and you're fasting for a house. And you're fasting for a a better paycheck. And you're fasting for a raise. And you're fasting. But we're fasting to get closer to God. All the rest of that God will give us. Amen? Those are not bad things. And it's not wrong to say, God, this is what I expect. That's fine. God says, "I'll, I'll supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory. Right? So how do you know, how many of you understand that God's riches and glory are not in an economic depression? God's riches and glory do not depend on the the Dow Jones, the stock number, none of that. God says, I'll supply your needs. Man, what is a car to me? What is a house to me? What is paying off your mortgage to me? Right? Nothing. Nothing. But check your motives. We're fasting so that we can get closer to Him, so that we can have more revelation. With revelation comes knowledge. With knowledge comes favor. With favor comes cars, money, anything, anything that you want. With favor. But that favor comes from God, and so we're fasting to get that favor. Amen? To hear. Because, see, if we don't hear God speak to us, we won't know where to go to pick up the keys. No, come on. That's not good? If you're, not, if you're not listening to God, can you imagine if God is telling someone today there's keys on a, on a telephone booth, above the phone booth, that there's keys there to a brand new car that's parked on that same block. Like he did it just for fun because God can do whatever he wants, right? 
And, and can you imagine, or can you imagine if, if God is telling somebody here, go to the person in the fourth row and just go shake his hand, that person's going to give you his car. He's done it. I've heard those stories. He's done it. He's done Everybody's counting. One, two, three, four. Edwin doesn't have a car, Nito. <laughs> but God's done it. God has put it on somebody's heart to say, listen, I'm... I'm Give your car to that person, to the first person that comes and asks you for it. And then God tells somebody, go ask that guy for the We read it in the Word of God everywhere. Jesus says, go to this place and, and, and tell him you need, that God needs that, 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 that donkey. And so the disciples went, they go, God needs a donkey. Okay. Go to this place and tell him that, that God needs the place to meet, right, for the Last Supper, for the time that they had. For, okay. And so they went into town. There was a man standing there waiting because God had instructed him. God does it all throughout the Word of God. Who thinks that that changed? It's just that we stop listening that way. We stop believing things like that. I'm going to greet all of you at the door and ask you for a car. <laughs> but imagine if God is speaking to us. We're fasting so that we can understand. Amen? So I want to close with this. I was reading your blogs on the website and thinking about all those that started and couldn't make it. Those that didn't even start because they just didn't think they could make it. And I wanted to close today encouraging here, encouraging everybody here to start something today. Some of you think, well, it already started, so I'm, I'm safe. You know, I didn't do it. No. No. I want to encourage all of you today to start something. Listen to this ghetto phrase. Don't start nothing, won't be nothing. Right? Isn't that what we say? Right, listen, man, don't start nothing, won't be nothing. I think I preached a whole message like that a couple years back. But that's what I want to tell you today. If you don't start something, there won't be anything at the end of the 21 days. And so, it, it, yeah, I, I, I want to tell you something. Listen, if you can't give up certain foods, if you can't go without things in that area, I want to encourage you to understand that the same way there are many ways to, to feed ourselves, there are many ways to fast ourselves. Amen? And now none of you that are already on it, don't go backing out now. This is for those that haven't started. You guys are one-fivers to the core, so you don't, need, you don't need excuses to back out. Amen? So you stay strong, stay focused. I'm talking for those that couldn't do it, that haven't been able to do it, that haven't started or didn't even think, well, he's not talking to me. He must be talking to his members. Right? That's you. I'm talking to you. Just like, you know, there's, there's, there's other ways to fast. Some of you, and, and I, I've heard some of you are fasting TV. Some of you are fasting movies. Some of you are fasting music and videos, man. And I'm proud of you for that. I'm proud of you for that. Amen? Come on. That's, a, that's big. That's big. That's big. And those of you that are still judging them because they didn't give up food, stop. Amen? Stop. Worry about you. Let God worry about everybody else. You worry about you. God is calling you to stop it. You stop it. Let, let God deal with everybody else how he needs to deal with it. That's not what we're here to do. Amen? All right. So, I'm asking you today, do something to separate yourself to God, to draw closer to God, to listen to God. Listen, if I called a lot of you on the phone, you would probably know it was me because you hear my voice a lot. Right? At the end of this fast, I want you to not know my voice, but know God's voice. 
I want you to know when God speaks to you that it's God. Amen? So, so that's kind of what, what, what we do. My prayer is that you would get to know His voice better than you would know mine. And as I was meditating on these words and thinking, God brought me to a parable. That's what I want to close with in Matthew 20. Matthew 20. Here it is. The parable says this. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire men to work in his vineyard. He agreed to pay them one denarius for the day. He later went out at the third hour and told them to go work in my vineyard and I'll pay you what's right. He did it again at the sixth And at the ninth hour, and then at the eleventh hour, he went out again and did it again. Do you understand what's happening right here? The owner of the vineyard said he went and hired men early in the morning to go work at his vineyard. He said, I agree, I'll pay you one denarius. You want to come work? The day worker said, yeah, man, that's good. Right? And so they went and worked. Stop it. And so... It it says he did it again at the 6th hour, he did it again at the 11th, and even at the 12th hour he went to the day workers and he told them, how come you're not working? He said, because nobody's hired me. He said, well, come, go work in my vineyard, I'll give you a fair pay. Listen. When evening came, the owner told his foreman to call all the workers and then pay them beginning with the ones that were hired last. The ones that started working at the 11th hour got paid one denarius. And so the ones that were hired earlier started to figure, wow, if he paid them who only worked an hour one denarius, surely we're going to get more. But then as everyone was paid, they were all paid one denarius. And it says that they grumbled. They began to grumble. They said, these men started only an hour ago, and you've made them equal to us who have worked for you since early this morning and have done most of the work. The owner answered them, friend, am I, I'm not being unfair to you. Didn't you agree to work for one denarius? Then take your pay and go. I want to give the men who was hired last the same that I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Are you envious because I am generous? Do you see where I'm going with this? If you haven't started anything yet, it's week two. It's the third or the fourth hour. And I'm asking you to make a commitment today. If you don't start something, there won't be nothing at the end of this time. And I don't want you to have nothing at the end of this time. I want you to start rejoicing with us and enduring with us and being built up and strengthened and put through the fire and have things broken off of your life with the rest of us. Amen? Amen. So it's the third hour. It's time to let the ugly out your life. See, what I want for me, I want for everyone here. I'm not asking you to start now and go 21 days. I'm asking you to start now, work with us, and finish when we finish. Amen? And those of you that struggled a week already, you might say, but that's not fair. (laughs) That ain't right. And so the parable says, are you going to be envious because I'm generous? God says, I want to give. 
And if I want to give, let me give. It's mine to give. Amen? And, but I'm believing that God brought me to this parable because God wants to give you exactly the same as those of us that started right at the beginning. Amen? So it's the third hour. If you haven't made a commitment, will you make a commitment with us today? Would you stand up? Yeah, I like to shout people out. I'm sorry. Yeah, you made a commitment. Amen. Amen. It's time to let the ugly out. Amen? Understand that it's not going to be easy. Understand that it's going to be... And listen, if there are medical problems and reasons why you can't do the Daniel fast, that's okay. You work it out a different way. You fast. You, you, whatever it is that matters to you, man, that's what you give up. Whatever would hurt you, like coffee hurts some of us, you give that up. Amen? I want you saying, man, I got headaches because I didn't watch any music videos. Man, I got, I got stomach cramps because, because I haven't played my iPod. My ears are starting to not be infected because I haven't had things in them every day. I want you to start to feel that. Amen? Listen, some of us have been struggling so much through this fast, and it's because we're being asked to face some issues that we haven't faced. some feelings that we've repressed. And, and I, I just want to let you know, God can't be at peace in you until you allow the ugly out of you. Why don't we stand with those that are standing? Why don't we join them and let them know that we're standing with them? Let them know that we're not envious, that, we're, that we wish blessings on those that are standing, even if they didn't start with us. Let's stand with them and encourage them. If somebody was standing around you, would just put a hand on them and just give them a high five, just encourage them. Listen, there are things that God wants to deliver you from. There are things that God wants to work out in your life. There's freedoms He wants to give you. There's giftings He wants to release in you. There's healings that He wants to work through you. Do you know that the Word says that in fasting there's healing? That in fasting there's, there's, there's um, healing from even depression, from mind conditions. Remember Elijah got depressed and he fasted and he was restored? There's, there's healing in fasting. And that's why we're doing it. Amen? God wants you to let the ugly out so that you can start walking in joy, start walking in the full life that He paid for you when He bought you. And just to end with the last thing of Isaiah, he says, you will use the old rubble of the past lives to rebuild the new. You will rebuild foundations from out of your past. You'll be known as those who can fix anything. Let's bow our heads. Let's just make something real clear. You can't, well I guess you could, but let's, let's do it the right way. Let's not make a commitment to a Daniel fast if we haven't made a commitment to God first. Right? Because if you want to fast just to be down with the rest of us, that's the wrong motive too. You want to be fast. Because you you want to fast because you want to get closer to God. If you're making a commitment to God, you're saying, God, I wanna I wanna commit to you. I wanna commit to know you more. I wanna commit to live to let you like be the Lord of my life. If that's you, would you just maybe throw a hand up? Just get somebody's attention. Say that's me. Yeah, amen. 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 Amen.
Amen. Because we've got to start in the right place. Amen. We've got to say, God, I, I need you. I've got to make you Lord of my life first before I give up anything for you so that I can hear your voice and get closer to you. And so all, those of you that raise your hand, all you have to do, the Word says, is we just need to believe that, that Jesus is Lord. Believe that God sent His Son to live and die and rise again to pay that our sins may be forgiven. And it's so awesome because there's no magic and there's no other thing that you have to do but believe that. And it it almost seems too easy, but it's true. Those of us that are already standing can tell you it's true. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. God didn't come so that you would have a a, a mediocre, depressing, boring, boring Christian life. God says that we would have life, man, that we're called to shine. Amen? Let's start to shine. Can we start to shine? Can we stop? This is week two. Can we stop talking so much about the food and start talking so much about what God is doing and start talking about what God is, was, how He's talking to us, how we're growing, how we're changing, the answers to prayer. Amen? Yeah. This Wednesday we're praying again. Amen. This Wednesday we're praying again. I encourage you to come out this Wednesday. I'll see everybody. Next Wednesday, it will be our last week of the fast, and we're going to be joining with all of the churches in our, in our group. And so we'll be having a night of prayer every night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, and Friday night. We'll be getting together with other churches in different churches and just rejoicing together. Amen? And that's encouraging, man. That's encouraging. Wednesday night it will be here. The other churches are coming here. I encourage you to look at your bulletins. It tells you where the other churches are. And we'll be going Tuesday to New Seasons, and Wednesday here, and Thursday, I don't remember, and Friday we're going to Harvest Field, which is right up the block, five, six blocks up. And we're just going to have an awesome time of worship and prayer together, rejoice, and then be excited to Saturday night go get to eat something. Amen? We're almost there. We're almost there. We're almost there. Let's bow our hands. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for these beautiful people, God. I thank you, Lord God, that at each day that we, that we go into this fast, God, you're making us beautiful, Lord, not just on the outside, because, God, you, we already have the most beautiful church in the Bronx, Lord. But, God, you're making us beautiful. You're making us pretty on the inside, God. You're letting our ugly out so that it can be filled with you. You're, you're restoring us, God. You're giving us back our identity. You're giving us back who we are, who we were created to be. You're restoring a right relationship between us and you, God. And so, Lord, I thank you for each and everyone in this place, Lord. Father, give them strength this week. Give them strength this week to shine, to shine your light, Lord God. Father, give them supernatural food to eat that we know not of. Each morning, God, give them three cups of spiritual coffee, Lord. Touch them, change them, be with them this week as they go and love on you and love on everyone around them, Lord God. I thank you for them in Jesus' name. Would you just give somebody a hug? Give a couple of hugs before we're done. Thank you for supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at 
www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.